welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your writer, your, fuck, your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. With me today, grinning because of my mistake. <laughs> this is your right fuck. So it's our fuck. <laughs> uh, Mark Salcido. Cido. Cido. You can't even say your own Cido. last name. I know. Mark Salcido. Mark Salcido. Cido. Uh, writer. Oh, see, now I'm fucking up. Senior editor and writer at Screenkey.net. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know what they say about um, about small thoughts? What do they say about small thoughts? The little ones mm-hmm. were crawling into a strange glowing ooze from a broken canister nearby. That's how my mind works. Actually, that's how your mind works, too. Mm-hmm. Just small thought blossom to this weird, heinous mutation. Exactly. It's- this god-awful mutation damn that cup is sweating i know look it's like a puddle it is a puddle and and now when i take a drink mm-hmm. i'm just gonna get all dripped on that's how hot it is that's how hot it is um around here that cups are just sweating well it's weird weather yeah it's like really weird weather yeah because it was raining like 10 minutes ago like an, well an hour an it was hour an ago. hour ago mm-hmm. yeah it's raining for a good while um and now it's hot it's gonna be humid yay but that's not what i want to oh i'm sorry is that not what you want to talk about <laughs> yeah i want to talk about uh you know our social media and all the other stuff oh, okay are you sure i got something to talk about but let's let's go ahead and get through this bullshit <laughs> okay um you can find us on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok at the real appeal we'll talk tiktok is real appeal because mm. mark decided not to do the whatever um our email is the real appeal at gmail.com if you could please review us on any place where you listen to the podcast <laughs> we would appreciate that mm-hmm. we'll get noticed you know that's that's the thing everyone wants to get noticed actually our tiktok is the real no it's at real appeal yeah it's at real appeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It should be the. It should be the. Everything else is the. I know, but this is TikTok, so. <laughs> That's what I thought as soon as I, I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's TikTok, so Mark doesn't care. Yeah. It's extra yeah. three letters that he doesn't need. Um, our segments for the show this week are our recent review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, our variety time. Accident makes superheroes. I think that's accident made superheroes. <laughs> Look, it was like what? It's a, I've been going through a lot. Okay? <laughs> Hold on, let me fix it. Accidents made superheroes. No, it's either accident made, like accident dash made, or mm-hmm. accidents make. Accident. So makes you change it to accidents made. No, ac- accidents. Make superheroes. Let's let's do that. Okay. All right, that's fixed. There. <laughs> Our geriatric cinematic, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. <sighs> Boy, 
Got some shit to tell you about that one. Well, you have you have to talk about the Turpic first. The Turpic for this week's episode is Green Team Fighting Machines. Mm-hmm. That's what Kelsey came up with. I thought it was good when I first read it, but now it's it's worse. Now it's worse. <laughs> so it's still okay. Yeah, it's 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 good bet. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to add something. So as as is this going to be like your TV spot where we talk about what's you know updates on you? Yeah, week? yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm I, not I, complaining. I just kind of think it's funny. Like well, it's like a, like when we did uh, Westworld or mm-hmm. um, the one HBO show Watchmen, Watchmen, but also the other one, uh, Lovecraft Country. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, like that. Oh, okay, got you. yeah, actually, yeah, just like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, because we we talk about our lives um, as much as we feel comfortable doing, and which is almost all the way. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, but we, you know, we like giving updates to our listeners and be like, "Hey, this was happening," you know, because we like making the show a bit personal, mm-hmm. sharing our thoughts about life and everything. I mean, that's kind of the, one of the running themes for this podcast. And movies are about life. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, what was it, like two weeks ago, two episodes ago, I pretty much went down a whole eight-month, like, retread of all the bullshit that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, last time, uh, it was like, oh, I didn't have a job. Well, I have a job now, okay? Um, it's something to get me by for the moment. Uh, it's, as, as a delivery driver uh, for a major shipping company, uh, and it rhymes with Mazon. What? Mazazon? Glamazon. Glamazon. It runs with Glamazon. (laughs) (laughs) But I was getting in like, I was getting in these like almost kind of panicky moods and like depression and stuff like that about about this particular job because over 10 years ago, I worked through a courier service that was contracted by Amazon. And this was like the this was at the time where Amazon hadn't even established their delivery system or anything like that. Like we were like essentially the guinea pigs. Um, and I worked for that courier courier service maybe like eight months, I think. Wow, you lasted a while. Yeah, six to eight months or something like that. Um, but it left like a traumatic scar on me because of the insane hours, the shit pay, the amount of driving. It like. It, like, climbing fences and shit cl- like literally climbing fences like at one point i almost like broke my heel making mm-hmm. a delivery and shit like that um it, it was and it wasn't it wasn't amazon's fault but it's because we're making packages we're making deliveries for amazon it kind of I, I just mixed that together mm-hmm. right and i thought it was over it and then i got this job at amazon which i'm <laughs> glamazon sorry <laughs> <laughs> even though you've already said it I like know, eight times yeah, already right um, so I got this job at Glamazon, um, <laughs> and I'm still in the training process and I was kind of getting, not kind of, I, I was getting, I was like reliving that trauma, mm-hmm. right. To the point where I was just like, I don't think I can do this. Even though it's a, it's a nine to five, like I need, um, it was still kind of like fucking me up. And, and I kind of had like this realization, um, thanks to like Kelsey and like my, uh, psychiatrist of why I've been feeling like this and everything. Um, and I, there was another conclusion that, that I came to, um, and this is a familiar conclusion that everybody, that people normally come to, um, that I was going like th- 
what I was going through was like this fear of change. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been out of the job for like a month. Uh, so I've kind of got this routine of like wake up, look for work, go to the gym, do this, do that and everything. And I've kind of got this set routine, right? And I was, I don't know, I was trying to find a delivery job that wasn't like at a major company Mm -hmm. because I like honestly I like working for smaller companies like where there's a set number of team members you get to know everybody get to know their name and everything like that like I've worked several jobs where it was just like myself and like maybe 10 other people Mm -hmm. but we got we all got pretty close and something about that the whole personal aspect of it makes me feel comfortable because I don't have to spend days trying to remember people's names and then that person's gone then it's like what the fuck was the point of all that it also feels less corporate a little yeah. bit more like you're appreciated for who you are yeah yeah you're not just like basically a fucking number mm-hmm. you know um so that's a form of change i have to learn to accept especially if i want to like pay bills and essentially like have a life um and it was also me trying to like overcome this trauma and that's like an obviously that's another form of change and almost like not almost it's like letting things go mm-hmm. like kelsey you know that like i don't tend to let things go too easily or it takes a while for me to let things go good or bad yeah good or bad it takes like a long while because it is not like on purpose like i'm like woe is me or anything like that it just kind of like f- fucks me up and just leaves like an what's it called like a, it leaves a scar. Mm-hmm. So this is like a scar that I have to let go, and accept the fact that like I'm working for this company. Well, for the time, like for the time being, I have maybe a possibility, another job possibility, which I'm actually kind of looking forward to. Mm-hmm. But working at uh, Glamazon, um, it's like it's just something I gotta like change into adapt and just keep going and everything like that. Um, also the I feel like this year has actually changed me pretty, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, a whole lot, given what's been going on with me. Um, I think you've, I think you even pointed this out to me maybe a couple days ago, that, like, either, like, I'll learn from this or I'll change from this or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's my whole thing, because I think I rehashed to you a little bit about what happened to me and the similarities, mm-hmm. you know, of what you're going through versus what I went through. Mm-hmm. And you either grow from it, like... You know, it's like, um, you know, like something fills a hole Mm. and there's that. But if like you're trying to like stuff something in there and then it gets bigger and then, you know, like the stuff comes out. (laughs) (laughs) It does fill the whole stuff things in there. makes the hole bigger. Like, like sometimes we get kind of graphic, but Jesus. (laughs) The funny thing is, like, Kelsey doesn't have to, but she's doing, like, hand gestures, too, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they can totally see that. <laughs> Anyways, mm. you know, emotional stuff. Yeah, no, I get you. Fills get you. the uh, <laughs> the proverbial hole. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you get too much in there, and then things get better, but you, you know, that hole doesn't shrink. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then you have more room for, like other things are easier yeah yeah it, it's pretty much like that um or it'll break you which i don't think it will i've been close like oh i know <clears throat> like I, I uh i think i brought this up before but i had a therapist like maybe like 
six years ago when I was talking about my problems. And he said to me, he says, you're, he goes, you're on the verge of a psychotic break. I'm surprised you haven't had one yet. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't just like, oh, I had a bad week. Like I, I'm telling him so over the years, he's like, why aren't you fucked? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that, but he pretty much said that. Yeah. And I feel like these past eight months has been probably the worst eight months of my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through some bad shit, but not over like a period of time, like mm-hmm. a prolonged period of time. And uh, like a couple of days ago, you and I were hanging out, and I said something like, "Well, I think things are like, like things are getting better now." Mm-hmm. Um, which is to tell you the truth, is something for even me to think about right now because because the past eight months have been bullshit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I wanted to bring up about change, and then like, I guess like just saying that like I'm. I, I, I like to believe that I've changed or if not sorry that this thing will this whole thing will change me like I, I felt it changing me at a certain point where it's giving me like a chip on my shoulder mm-hmm. but I you do eventually get past that because I had the same problem yeah yeah and I don't know like getting to where I'm at now um, and I've I think I've said this before on the podcast that like I've been close to like rock bottom like you told me too you're like you're getting close to rock bottom mm-hmm. um, not the fun one by the rock but, like, I've seen it, and I'm like, I'm never getting to that. I'm never getting that close ever again. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the worst case scenario, and this, and I just thought about this a couple of days ago, is if I become homeless. That's the one I'm just like, well, fuck it. Everything's, like, lost now. Mm. Um, but fortunately, I won't get to that point. I'm, I'm still, that's still one of the things I fear about the most. Because I've had relatives who've ended up homeless. Mm-hmm. It didn't turn out well for them. Yeah. Um, so there's always, like, that fear of it. That will never happen to you. I hope so. You hope it will? No, I don't no. <laughs> I won't even fuck around like that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. No, this serious shit. You know, just want to share that. I thought you wanted to know what my, my worst fear is. Is it encountering that cow from your childhood? No, that one's probably already dead. Okay. What's your worst fear? My worst fear, it kind of almost goes hand in hand with being homeless because without this, I probably would be homeless. Or I could, it, like, homelessness couldn't happen without it. Yeah. That is the fear of not mattering to anybody. Oh, well, you still, and, you like, still you know, don't. <laughs> <laughs> the fear of loneliness. Everybody has that fear. I'm not saying that. Not that, to my level. That's, oh. <laughs> That's not that's not like that's not like dismissing like oh everybody I don't know what you're talking about no no like like every every like I guess it's, that's one of my fears too but um, but I think like with my family in particular they've caused so much trauma that I'm mm. like afraid because they're all basically not in my life anymore yeah so it's like will it continue well all you need is me you're good. Oh, fuck. I should just go with the loneliness then. Nope. Stuck with me for life. <laughs> All right, fine. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry? Yeah. Okay, I guess we'll uh, end the podcast now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we still got to talk about your two favorite movies. Yes, we do. Uh, right now, we're going to do our recent review of Teenage Mint. Teenage Mint. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Woo! 
Hey, guys, if we weren't monsters that were shunned by society and we could do what we wanted, what would you guys do? Go to high school. Maybe get a girlfriend. Can you imagine that? Not likely. This is insane. Turtles, mutant, karate teens. I want to know everything about you. Our dad is definitely not a giant rat. That makes me feel like he's a rat. The synopsis is, the film follows the Turtle Brothers as they work to earn the love of New York City while facing down an army of mutants. Directed by Jeff Rowe, co-directed by Kyler Spears, it's written by Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Dan Hernandez, and Benji Samet, and Jeff Rowe. It stars Micah Abbey, Shimon Brown Jr., Nicholas Cantu, Brady Noon, Ayo Adabiri, Mm-hmm. And, you know, it has a few other people in it. Like, a lot of a few other people. A lot of people. whole lot. Uh-huh. So, Seth Rogen is on this thing four times. He's direct... He, he, I'm sorry. Three things. Seth... Uh, bleh, written by... He has a part in the movie, and he's a producer. Or an EP. Mm. So, he's just covering all the bases. Yeah. He wants he to get paid three times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, or as Kelsey calls it, Teenage Mint. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out how I would have ended that. Teenage Mint and Tuesday Turtles. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Kelsey, what did you think of, what's your overall thoughts on this movie? I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I really want to spend, find some time to take my kids. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> it's actually so good uh, that I would watch it again, and I'm not a movie rewatcher. You know, the only... So there's only, like... I think there's only two movies recently that you were, like, so excited to to rewatch. Mm-hmm. You could almost be ex- excited to watch it the first time. Mm-hmm. One was Dune, mm-hmm. Across the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. and this one. I did show Cameron Barbie. Okay, but were you excited to watch it a second time? I guess not. I think it was just going to be a fun watch. You just want to watch. I understand. <laughs> that hasn't talked in a while. I know. It's like, hello. I forgot it was there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I thought this movie was fucking phenomenal. Uh, first five minutes, I was a little worried, like, mm, maybe I'm not going to like it, but it obviously passed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of the things I love so much about this movie is the animation style. It's like, I know it's similar to Across the Spider-Verse, and I read an article from, I think it was like Variety or Vanity Fair, uh, Jeff Rowe had said, um, that, that that movie inspired the the um, into the Spider Verse had inspired him to uh, is it across or into? Into is the first one. Across is the second one. Okay, into the Spider Verse that like inspired him and the animators to be like, oh, we gotta like try this. But he wanted to do a little bit differently, where he essentially like the movie's like concept art, but just like cleaned up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted to like have the style of like teenagers like what like doodling and stuff like this and this is what they would come out to well i also think that 
it looks grimy. Mm-hmm. Not too grimy, but it definitely looks like it belongs in New York City. Yeah, it, it, fit, it fits the aesthetic. The sewers, the turtles, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what did you think about uh, what you think about the directing of Jeff Rowe? It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, everything made sense. The pacing was really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they did a really good choice in who they chose and how they chose to like um like cast as the oh the, the actual turtles. teenagers yeah um like if you if you have too strict of a script i think mm. um it, it wouldn't have worked as well yeah seth rogan has seth rogan said during the interview that um he purposely had everybody like the the like especially the kids that play the turtles all in the same room because normally when you do like voiceover work you normally have like one person do it one day another person do another day and then you just kind of like mishmash the like the the audio so Mm -hmm. it seem like they're having a conversation i've always seen that whenever the actors are in the same room Mm -hmm. the dialogue's way better yeah able to like riff and go back and forth and stuff like that and that's what the kids did they were able to like improvise and like build up that chemistry that dynamic Mm mm-hmm so that's what I think about the directing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's also kind of hard to to put a movie together and make it animated and make everything work on top of like keeping everything cohesive and mm-hmm. you know like towards towards the end it you know it's always like a climactic whatever and it could go either way. Yeah, it could be like a mishmash of just like shapes and sizes and colors just coming in you're just mm-hmm. like i can't tell what's going on yeah um but not not in the case of this movie they didn't michael bay the shit up <sighs> he produced one of the uh, TM, tmnt movies from like 2017 i think was the year mm, i refused after the first one i refused to watch any others oh you've actually seen the first? i've never watched this i watched i think i watched bad. the first one and i was so mad about it oh, that really? i did not watch the second one why be so mad about it because it was bad And it was so bad Uh that I don't remember any of what happened. I just remember I watched it and it pissed me off. I'm kind of curious to watch it now. Of course you are. You watch everything. That's true. I've actually been re-watching some of the Alien movies. And I'm re-watching Alien Resurrection. I don't know what's wrong with me. You did that like two years ago too. That I was watching some of the Alien. Oh yeah, I was watching like Prometheus and Alien Covenant. No, that was like last year. Yeah. I was trying to get put some distance between you nah. and your bad choices. I sometimes I get into like my franchise m- mode. That's what happened. You got into your franchise mode, then your life fell apart. You know what? I'm <laughs> my life's about to fall apart harder. You know what franchise I'm gonna go through? What the Saw movies? What? <laughs> Because there's another Saw movie coming out, like Saw X or Saw 10. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, hmm, I haven't watched those Saw movies in a while. Let me go ahead and watch them all. And most of them are on Prime. So I'm like, guess I'm watching these movies now. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah? This is a TMNT show. Not a Mark makes bad choices about watching right. movies my, like my Saw mistake, show. My mistake. My mistake. <laughs> okay. Okay. Everyone knows you're a savage. Back to the show. Uh, the kids, mm-hmm. the acting, the performance. Mm-hmm. What's what's your take on it? Um, I really like their performance. They came off really genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
some of them, like, most of them sounded like his, but I feel like there was one of them that sounded like an adult. <laughs> uh, Not like a 30-year-old adult. No, but like, but like, like past like 20, puberties or something like that. Something like that. I would, I, if I'm, so I'm going to take a guess. Was that Leonardo? Uh, Nicholas Cantu? I'm not sure. Probably. Okay, because he came off, he came off a bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, he came off a bit older. They they did they did do the voice work like when they were teenagers, so he does come off a bit older. But I feel like that's on purpose because if I understand correctly, I think Leonardo is actually supposed to be the oldest of the turtles. Oh, okay. I think. Well, at least the leader. He's always like trying to be the leader. Actually, now I'm curious now. Oh, jeez. Well, while he's curious now mm-hmm. about stuff, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to say that I also don't think they have enough pizza in this movie. Yes. I was correct. Hmm. Leonardo. Okay. Okay, sorry, go on. They don't have enough pizza. They don't have enough pizza? No. They seem to like all food. Like, all of it. What? Oh, a new age order. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, I got just sucked into this whole thing. What did you like about it? About the acting? Mm-hmm. It was horrible. God awful. Didn't like it. No. Uh, but other than the animation, the acting's the best part of this movie. I mm-hmm. feel it's... This is, okay, so this is what I'll see. The animation, the acting, and the writing in that order, Right. Um, I think the acting, especially like like you said, the t- between the the kids, like you gotta make that work, especially with like with these type of characters, these like tight brothers, tight siblings, and everything. Mm-hmm. You gotta make it work. And no, I mean, none of the kids are related, but they acted like they were siblings, like just cracking jokes on each other and having a good time and everything like that. How do wait? How do we know they're not related? Because <laughs> they're they're not. Okay. Trust me, they're not. Okay. Some of them are white. One of them is Mexican. The actors are... Oh, I thought you meant the turtles. No, the... <sighs> talking about the actors. None of them are related. No, well, no. I know no, that. No, I meant the turtles. The turtles came from different mamas. <laughs> <laughs> I knew they weren't... The people weren't. Because yeah, okay. I was like, that one sounds white. That one doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not even just that... Uh, Ayo Edebiri? Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked her April O'Neil. Yeah, I did I thought too. her April O'Neil was great. You know who that is, right? Mm-mm. That's homegirl from uh, The Bear. Oh, really? That's her. Oh. Um, so she was able, she was definitely able to keep up with, with, the, uh, with the rest of the cast. Yeah. Um, and she had that very, I know her character is supposed to be very inquisitive and shit like that, but like it came from like, I mean, obviously, it's a bit more updated, you know, where she's like a high school student and everything, which that's another thing I loved as well, that they made everybody, not everybody, they made the core cast teenagers, Mm -hmm. like not even just the Turtles, but April O'Neil as well, right? So she was able to better, like, relate to the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, she had her moments that were, like, absolutely hilarious. They were funny, but also some of her moments were more realistic than the other April. Yeah. Um, like how she would kind of interact with the turtles and she's like, like, yeah, you guys are still scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of like babying them or anything like that or looking at them as like, I mean, 
they like there was that level of like oh what the fuck are these things but mm-hmm. then she would just like oh no you guys are just teenagers i have all i have like a thousand questions for you mm-hmm. but you guys are just fucking teenagers yeah so i thought that really worked um i feel like they didn't they underutilized jackie chan though like i could have i could have gone for more splinter i I kind of agree, but also at the same time, I'm glad they didn't because Splinter is kind of like a wet blanket, mm. like the character is mm-hmm. from what I remember. And he's always, hey, don't do this, don't do that. Mm. Um, and like full of like euphemisms, I guess. Mm. So I feel like he was probably the right amount, but this one was more fun mm. than other Splinters. Yeah, um, and and had that. some room for growth, but it, so it would have been nice to explore that growth, that yeah. that character arc. But it didn't seem like they really wanted to go there. Yeah, like like I, I guess because I'm comparing this to the the 1999, I'm sorry, the 1990 uh, TMNT movie with that Splinter was very fatherly and was like, you guys have to like understand, you know, the ways of ninjutsu. It's not nothing to be fucked around with this is something that like protects but it hurts people you have to be skillful and all this you know kind of like that right mm-hmm. and i guess i was kind of looking for that to be more fatherly than like over being overprotective mm-hmm. um but i have to like like i'm like i'm thinking that's what they should have did right or should have done um but i guess in hindsight it's okay that they did it because it allows like you said, it allows growth for the character. Because, um, you know, at the, at the time for this story, like, they're just people just... They're just turtles hiding. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not supposed to be using their skills to, like, beat up anybody. Mm-hmm. So, like, this movie's like... Let's say it's like the origin story. So maybe if, like, there's a sequel, which I hope there is, then there'll be more like, okay, Splinter will be more fatherly, but more like... Be careful with this, this, and that, and everything, and yeah. let me train you more, or something like that. Exactly. Um, anybody else that you thought was uh, did a uh, worked well in the acting department? Sorry about that. I, you know what, I really liked um, Ice Cube. His yeah, character was really fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like he played a bad guy so well, but also like. The bad guy was kind of realistic too. <laughs> like you could probably encounter him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they didn't make him like they didn't make him like a like a cartoon villain or something like that. It, it like his like the things he were do the things he were doing or his like master plan was kind of like oh you just want to be accepted like you got hurt <laughs> yeah you got hurt bro like damn <laughs> um you know. I liked. I liked Paul Rudd's character. I didn't even know that was Paul Rudd until I saw. Me either. Until I saw who he played, because I thought it was like Andy Samberg. I don't remember who Ray Fillet is. Ray Fillet. Ray Fillet, yeah. Apparently, Post Malone played Ray Fillet. Oh, it was the it was the 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 Ray, the one that kept singing it over. Oh, <laughs> that was Post Malone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I like. I guess mostly it was Ice Cube that I liked. 
mm-hmm. a lot. What about you? I keep forgetting it was John Cena, but I, uh, but you know how John Cena has like a certain voice. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't hearing it. Me, that's the thing. Like I wasn't hearing Paul Rudd either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I wasn't hearing Seth Rogen until I heard the her. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's Seth Rogen. <laughs> I know he's playing now. <laughs> yeah, it's funny he played uh, Bebop. I almost would have expected John Cena to play that that one. Nah, John Cena. Timmy John Cena's rock steady. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I felt like Rocksteady didn't really have a lot of dialogue or, like... Maybe that's why I'm... He I wasn't very, like, charismatic at all. Mm. So I really think they miscast John Cena because... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because he's so fucking funny. Uh, I, oh, I don't think I found the name. Uh, if, if, if they actually had an actor play... Well, of course they did. Uh, play Scumbug. But I didn't catch the the actor's name. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, I'll agree with you about Paul Rudd. Like, well, you know, his, I thought his performance was pretty funny. Especially, like, how he was able to, like, that character was able to connect, connect with Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was actually pretty dope. Um, trying to think of the scumbug, but I can't find it right now. I thought you said it was someone's mom or something. For Scumbug? I thought you said something like that. Let me see if I can find it. Internet's moving slow once again. Internet, there we go. Anyway. Because uh, we got a lot of data and I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, scumbug Archie? Who is Scumbug? Scumbug was the... Uh, the thing. I, know, I know that. I'm um, like... But who is he? The actor? Yes. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> Scumbug. Oh, play by somebody. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Let's, let's, let's Apparently, look. he's but, been around longer than just this movie. The actor plays Scumbug? No. Scumbug. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what's one thing we haven't touched? The writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts on it? Um, I thought it was really great. Um, I like the ideas. It was kind of actually pretty simple. So what, it's kind of hard to fuck up. What what made it so simple? Uh, like, um, like regular themes that, you know, people, people go through, you know, like the whole loneliness thing or the whole, um, like acceptance accepted, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Alex Hirsch. Played scumbug. I have no. I. Oh, that's why. Because he was in Gravity Falls. Okay. Because Jeff Rowe wrote for that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Granted, scumbug doesn't have a whole lot of time. Just... Like, that's it. <laughs> also, it's funny. It's funny that it's that guy, but um, the gender. Oh, that is a woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that shit was funny. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah. The writing, I um, like I had mentioned earlier, the writing and Kelsey uh, had echoed the same sentiment. But uh, how the writing is about like isolation and being accepted and everything like that, and then it like hits you over the head with it, and it, it made sense why the turtles will feel would feel that way because mm-hmm. like they're in the sewers, they only see life from a distance and everything like that, and it looks like grand. To yeah, them. yeah. Like there's that scene. This is not spoiling anything. Like there's that scene in the, in the um, when they're in the bedroom. 
mm-hmm. and they're just just asking they're asking like a questions they're asking questions to each other that teenagers would ask questions to like their siblings mm-hmm. like, oh can you picture this yeah I, this is what would happen and their reactions are so genuine to it as well yeah um and we're gonna get into the spoiler section mm-hmm. it's hard to dance around this one. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna get into the spoiler section and we're gonna talk at great lengths about uh teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem so if you don't want to be spoiled here's a spoiler bumper right about now Spoilers. Go. No, no, you go ahead. You you love this movie? I thought it was alright. You liar. <laughs> um alright. I liked how they built Superfly up to be like this is a human person mm-hmm. doing human shit, stealing all this stuff. What is he building? He's like killing people left and right. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, you know, it's like this giant fly. Yeah, it's a mutant, yeah. And um, and he's like, oh, hey, you're my cousin. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like I accept you. Yeah, it wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, you're my enemy because X, Y, and Z. He just like, no, dude, we look the same. Like, why yeah. don't we hate each other? We're, we're, we're siblings. We're basically cousins. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that part I totally, I totally enjoyed. I, I just enjoyed this, that one scene alone mm-hmm. where he, the, they met the turtles for the first time and then they got to hang out. Mm-hmm. And it like. At the bowling alley? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got to like use this format of get, get, getting you inside of this group and not making them seem like, oh, they're super villains. Just being like, no, they're just like regular. They're just, they just want to hang out. They just want to enjoy the things that we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like doing that made me. Empathize. I think the words I want to use. Empathize with them more. So there's empathize where like you feel what they feel, or sympathize where you're like I can see what, I can understand what they're going through. Like I could sympathize with you. I have sympathy for you. I can. Sympath- empathize is like I feel what you feel. Uh, I'll say that. I'll say empathize. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like that too. But mm-hmm. I, like, I think I more liked their initial interactions with each other. Because they're mm-hmm. like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Do we go along with this? Because I don't want to die. Yeah. And when they went bowling, they were kind of like, this guy's an asshole. He's a fucking bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, but I kind of like him. But, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's like that whole, to me, this is one of my nightmares. Where you're like, you're dragged into hanging out with people mm-hmm. that are like too loud or like too unsafe or like they just do shit and you're like you don't fucking think about things before you do them and they're like no they just do shit and they have fun like yeah i've been I, i've been there <laughs> i think you are the one who does the shit no 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 what <laughs> i what i used to do paled in comparison to the bullshit i used to encounter yeah um you're the one who got me on top of that roof at the hotel. Yeah, but like just to like check it out. <laughs> what was 
the worst. That's thing how it always starts. What was the worst thing that could happen? They're just gonna kick us out. All right. No, the worst thing that could happen is we fall off. <laughs> if we tried. <laughs> um. Anyway. Mm. Um. I think that was one of my favorite things. Mm. Also, um, April. Okay. And her little origin story of trying to become uh, oh, a journalist. Yeah, a, a respected journalist. Mm-hmm. Because, she, because she, like, threw up on camera. And it was, like, all over the place. And it kept going yeah. and going. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like the fact that, like, they, they came back to that joke, like, into the third act. Mm-hmm. Where she's in, she's she's sitting in front of the camera, um, and then she's like, "Oh, okay, I got it," and she did it anyway. A- after after she got the story out, but it wasn't nearly as much, yeah. and she's like, "Don't don't worry about that. It's just something from my past." <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, this one thing I got to admit, I thought I thought this particular scene was unbelievably dope. It's when the turtles are breaking up these criminal organizations mm-hmm. and how there's like a great like fluid cut between each like fight scene mm-hmm. and how like one like the camera will like pan right like if it's almost, like it's a side pan and it's like panning right and it's Donatello and then it continues on now it's Raphael and it continues on now it's Michelangelo but they're like performing the same moves with different weapons Mm -hmm. and like taking out different enemies and stuff like that like that fluid nature was like so unbelievably dope yeah so like that I think that was probably like my favorite scene out of the whole movie there's not enough pizza is that (laughs) you didn't answer me before because you were distracted what what what? There's not enough pizza. There, is, there was enough pizza. Splinter got them all that pizza. Yeah, he got them all that pizza, but it wasn't like part of their DNA. It was just like, oh, here's a lot of pizza uh-huh. in this one scene that you decided you're not going to be around for your party. Well, there's going to be more pizza in the sequel, if there is a sequel. Mm. I'd be shocked if they don't do a sequel. This movie's so damn good. If they do have a sequel, mm-hmm. I want to see um, the one guy who kept trying to kill people with sports Equipment. I thought you watched that that nineteen ninety movie. I never don't learned. Don't look it up. I never learned don't his name. Don't look it up. Why not? Because I'm gonna tell you what it is. What is it? It's not Casey Jones. Is it? Is yeah. it not? Yeah, it's not Casey Jones. Mm. Yeah. That's the character's name. Yeah. Yeah, not Casey Jones. <laughs> As his full name, not Casey Jones. <laughs> Anyway, so you want to see Casey Jones show up in the sequel? Mm-hmm. It may it would make sense why Casey Jones would show up later because there's news of the turtles now. They're they're Ninja Turtles. There's news of these mutants and everything. Mm-hmm. Casey Jones would probably be like, "All right, well, if they can do it, then I can be a hero too." Well, he's more of a vigilante, but I can picture them. I think mean, they're all vigilantes. Yeah, but the turtles are like more heroes now. Mm. Well, it's funny because that's not how it happened in the 1990 version. No, yeah. Because yeah. the, the turtles weren't known at that time, and mm. he was working under the assumption, like, hey, yeah, I need to help. I'm just a vigilante. Like, I need to stop crime and shit like that. Mm-hmm. No, I get you. I get you. But I would like to see that, too, where he's like, no, like, maybe, like, if he was, oh, I'm better than you, you know? I I would imagine that's going to happen because um, cause they do it they do in the 1999 version with him and Raphael. 1990? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the 1990 version with casey jones and Raphael, and i know in the comic book same thing happens where like they introduce casey jones 
um, when Ralph, uh, Ray, Ralph, Ralph, Raphael. They call him Raph, Raph, which is stupid. When Raph encounters him. So there's like a fight between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would imagine because this one takes a lot of elements from the comic book. Mm-hmm. I would imagine they're going to do the same thing for the next one. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, what do you think about the music? Oh. oh, of course I loved it. Oh, you loved it so much you didn't even talk about it in the not-spoiler section where you could have talked I'm about sorry, it. I'm sorry, I was just so enthralled by this movie, I forgot to mention that my boo Trent, Trent Risner and Atticus, Atticus Ross did the soundtrack. You cracked me up, because you're mm. like, God, I love Nine Inch Nails. And then you're like, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. <laughs> it's because he joined them later. Like, <laughs> But do you think he elevated his music? Or no? Uh, it's weird. I, okay. Or is he along for the ride? All right. So this is this is my this is just my opinion on it. On Trent Reznor was Nine Inch Nails, and then Nine Inch Nails with Atticus Ross. Okay. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross build a relationship from like the social network. Mm-hmm. I believe that was like their first like actual like music they composed, right? Mm-hmm. And then they did it again for Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And mm-hmm. then they did it again for Gone Girl. Okay. And I think it was when Gone Girl, Trent Reznor asked Atticus Ross to join his group. Oh, okay. Okay. And I've seen him live. I've seen him see him live with, I'm uh, sorry. I've seen Atticus Ross as a member of, Trent, of Nine Inch Nails once. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> they, I don't think they've actually like have made an uh, album together. Mm-hmm. Like a Nine Inch Nails album, but I know he they've gone on tour together. I honestly think they never will make a band name. Because everyone knows, like, oh, it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Like, it's like the Nolan Brothers or the Cohen Brothers mm-hmm. or... Um, and, like, something like that. Mm. Like, you know them by name, bitch. Uh, let me look. See, ha, 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 2016. Uh-huh. Uh, he later worked with Reznor Band, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, oh, okay, okay, all right. So they have history. Okay, Ross began working with Reznor on the latter's side project, Tapeworm, in 2002. He later worked with Reznor's band, Nine Inch Nails, first as a program and a producer in 2005. Oh. And became officially a member in 2016. Oh, okay. Um, so if you haven't heard too much of a difference in the music, that's probably why. No, he's I been ha- around for a long time. Um, let me see. Let me find out when is what was their. I gotta find their from their from Okay. The discography. Well, I'm gonna say since you're looking that up, that you were like, God, I I really love everything they do, and they had to tone it down for a kids movie, um, but I, it definitely had their DNA all over it, and I'm like, very. I honestly was underwhelmed. By the soundtrack. Yeah. It is a bit more. It is a bit more tame. But it's funny. Like kid music doesn't have to sound tame. It just has to have tame lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I, the fact that like it doesn't get a pass for me for being for a kids movie. Because kids music can be good too. It's just mm-hmm. fucking music. Okay, so I I have to correct myself. So Atticus Ross joined Nine Inch Nails in 2016. Um, okay, so if I can read this correctly, 
Okay. So, okay, what happened was that they didn't really do an actual album album until 2020, which is called, their album's called Ghosts 5 and 6. But I've listened to that. It's mainly instrumental kind of stuff. But is it good? It's good. It's not my bag. Um, because, like, their their last, like, studio album that was, like, hit the high marks was, like, Hesitation Marks. Oh, okay. That is a great fucking album. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, like, actual, like, them with lyrics and everything like that. Yeah. So I've seen them. I've seen Atticus Ross play with Trent, play with Nine Inch Nails live once. Mm-hmm. And he's able to add his little spin to it, but still keep it within the context of Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, and that's pretty much saying that like I think he's a great addition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he did elevate them a little bit. Yeah, he elevated them a little bit, but, but I, not like so much so that they're more famous now than they were. No, no, Nine Inch Nails like they're they're they will forever be one of the greatest. In my opinion, they're the greatest band ever. Mm-hmm. But that's me. I just I just love that band to death. Um, so but like they mainly Trent Reznor and, and Atticus Ross mainly do soundtracks now, and it. It works because they they add a little bit of the Nine Inch Nails flair to it without making it like super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, this one it, I thought the soundtrack was good. It wasn't as great as like let's say like Gone Girl or like Watchmen was. Oh yeah, the or Watchmen. Best. Or like yeah, Watchmen. Watchmen was a great one. But I feel like I'm not gonna give them too much shit because um, it's a kids movie, so they got to hold back a bit on it. Even like Soul, they had to hold back on that one. So they. They get a pass from you because it's a kids movie, and they don't get a pass from me just because it's a kids movie. No, they get a pass because they're Nine Inch Nails, and everything they do is fucking phenomenal. No. Well, one of us is right, and the other one is not right, and that's not me. <laughs> okay. Um, favorite scene? Anything? I, I already said what my favorite scene was. Well, I did too. I said it was when they met Superfly. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah my favorite that is a great scene Duh. i know i know i said that earlier but that is a great scene i and really ice, like that and ice cube sells the fuck out of that character which is funny because i don't know that i've really seen him act in anything like nothing super mainstream mm-hmm. but also like i know you've seen him in one movie what one the one with jennifer lopez which one was she in because she's in a lot of stuff the one with the giant snake oh Ice Cube was in that one? Yeah, he was, he was one of the main characters. I, I was nine. And? And yeah, you should have been watching that. <laughs> I, was, I was with my mother at the time, okay? Oh, okay. Um, but, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know who he was. Anyways. What? You know he was a rapper, right? No, I know he was a rapper. Okay, all right. I didn't know if this could be the that. Will Smith thing. No, and so this is the, the thing I have to say about that. Okay. I haven't seen him, and if I did, it was a long, long time ago. I really only thought he did mostly rapping, mm-hmm. and I haven't really heard from him. So the fact that he did this kind of came out of left field to me. Oh, uh, okay. So it made me pretty, like, really happy about it. Yeah, he's mainly, like, a producer now. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting that money. <laughs> uh, I did read that he he got this. He did this role because um, two reasons. One is that he liked he liked the fact that character's name Superfly, mm-hmm. which is the name of like a seventies uh, black black exploitation film, mm-hmm. and that his kids watch TMNT. 
Mm. And he was like, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll just do the role. It's funny. That's what actors usually do. Oh, yeah, my kids would watch that or they like it or whatever. Yeah, they sometimes they sometimes they, they do these roles because they, they want their kids to watch, watch them in something that they normally mm. can't watch. Yeah. That's how Eddie Murphy ended up doing all his shit. <laughs> Man, he had a rough run. I grew up with him. I was like, I loved all of his shit until I got older. And I was like, no, now I'm sick of your shit. Like those, like those bad comedy films? Like, mm-hmm. uh, Nutty Professor. Well, Nutty Professor 1 is not too bad. Like the clumps or... Uh-huh. Yep. Or lie to... Whatever they... All, whatever all those movies are. <laughs> the one that I didn't... That one that killed it for me was the one with, um, like, the haunted... Man. Oh, the haunted magic one? Mm-hmm. Then I was like, this is stupid. Correct answer. <laughs> uh, all right. Is there anything else uh, you want to talk about? Uh, I, uh, you didn't ask me, should I, do I recommend I, it? I was just about to ask you that. Why don't you slow your roll? Hold up. <laughs> do you recommend this movie? Yes. I recommend it to everybody. I recommend it too. Great film. Um, you don't have to have kids to watch it. It's really that, good. That is another thing. This is for, for adults and for kids. Mm-hmm. It has great humor like that. Yeah. Right. Like that. Like that. Is that it? Mm-hmm. All right. What do we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. Accidents make superheroes. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, I came up with this great idea. But of course... That means Mark has extra work to do as he dove into the comic book world. Mm -hmm. When I said, hey, I made a lot of work for you. And you're like, oh, my God, you made so much work for me. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm looking up superhero stuff. And their origin stories. Holy Jesus Christ. (laughs) And you found out some stuff. Yeah, yeah. So since the uh, one of the themes of this episode, it's superheroes being created by accident you know as what's up the very first one it's like one of my favorite ones from like oh from like the when i was a kid it's a good it was a good cartoon um so yeah we're just gonna talk about these superheroes that got made by accident and just you know kind of just break it down wicked wicked uh we might not be able to get through all of them because it's quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> all right so the first one <clears throat> the first one is dc's uh static uh or some people know him as St- static shock um so it's an iconic superhero. Uh, got his powers from being in the right place at the right time. After being exposed to quantum juice. Okay. Virgil Hawkins <laughs> become a supercharged hero who controls energy and can use it to stun his enemies. So what's your take on that? What's the super juice? What is it? Quantum juice? Quantum juice. Quantum juice. Was, was he always black? Because I feel like quantum juice is like... It's like racist? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but it just sounds like, come on. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> um, so what was your question? Oh, I was gonna look up, see what quantum juice, uh, see what quantum juice is. Oh, okay? gotcha. Uh, quantum juice. If it's or- purple. That would be fucked up if it is. <laughs> quantum juice or K juice is short for a. Uh, dequantified plasma, a unique and sometimes deadly form of plasma that created the genetic mutations after the Big Bang or uh, Dakota City. Mm. All right. All right. 
Um, I don't remember the cartoon that much. I did. I did watch it growing up. Well, it's funny because I see on here that you said that he worked as a solo act before you know joining the Teen Titans later. But he had his little blonde friend. Well, yeah, they had a um, like the man in the chair type. I feel like hold up, but he was pretty involved. Um, and I feel also like was Static Shock always. A teenager? Yeah, so... Uh, okay, so... Okay, so Static Shock was created. It's a superhero anime series from DC. Um, yeah, from my understanding... From my understanding, Static Shock was created for the WB. Oh, okay. Oh, no, 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 no. I take that back. Uh, oh, okay, so this... Oh... <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> the whole episode is gonna be like, okay, oh, okay. Let me, whoa, like that's gonna be the whole episode. All right, all right. First <laughs> appearance in 1993. Okay. In Icon number one, uh, and then showed up in Static One, in June 1993. Okay, so, so Static, because his name is Static, uh, was created from the comic books and then into the TV show, uh, the, the cartoon show. Mm-hmm. So clearly. Even though it was WB and it was even though it was WB and W owns DC, I feel like that, that with that show they just wanted to give that character that show. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't want to include Batman, Superman, and everything like you that. You know, back when they were doing good shit. <laughs> yeah. Back when WB then. had a good name. Yeah, way back then. Um, do you have anything else to add before we move on to the next one? He's my favorite. That's it. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so the next one's Daredevil. Uh, so Daredevil saw a blind man who get hit by a truck. Murdoch. Re- rushed to save him but uh but though he could push the man aside the truck swerved and spilled his cargo aka toxic waste uh chemical splash on his eyes and ended up blinding him uh obviously the the toxic waste heightened his senses he gained radar and stuff like that and a sharper memory um oh yeah and then he was trained by stick to become like this martial arts master and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um I want to say this one's kind of funny. Why? Because like he pushed the man out of the way so that the truck wouldn't hit the guy. Mm-hmm. But the truck swerved anyway and still got the toxic waste on him. Like, maybe you should just let that guy hit, get hit by the truck. <laughs> Anyways, he's saving a blind guy, and then his mentor ended up being a blind guy, and he was blind. Was Stick's blind? I thought Stick was blind as well, but I don't know. Oh, Stick is blind. Stick is blind. Yeah. Um... I always, I always thought it was funny how. So everybody's blind. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> blind. Your mom's blind. Dad's blind. Um, I always thought it was funny that like the character that Daredevil uh, was the inspiration for like TMNT. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the like for example, the guy named Stick is obviously uh, Splinter's base off of him. Oh, and then the foot. The foot, yeah, the hand and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, toxic ways create these superheroes and stuff like that. I always yeah. thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, justifiable. Uh, that's why I'm gonna start asking at the end of all of these justifiable accidents. Are you asking me if it was? Yeah. I, how do you justify an accident? I don't know because uh, you mean bona fide. Bona fide. Yeah. Like, like yeah, is let's it say a that, real? Let's say that bona fide accident. Yeah. Like, is it a real accident or yeah. f- like stupid bullshit accident? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, static shock. Hmm. Uh, let's see. 
<laughs> it doesn't even say anything. It just says he got his powers from being in the right place at the right time. Uh-huh. Spo- after being exposed to, you know, that purple quantum, <laughs> quantum juice. Got that purple drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It doesn't say anything. So I, I don't know. It's kind of like, kind of bitchy. Kind of bitchy? That's how this sounds. Oh, okay. So this one, no. But if I got a better explanation, I'm sure it would be. Okay. Daredevil? Bonafide um, accident? Yeah, it was a bonafide accident, but mm. I don't know. I feel weird about how they portrayed it in the show. How's it? Uh, remind me how it happened in the show? Well, it's the same thing as what we read. Uh-huh. You know, he tried to save someone or someone swerved and he got it all over himself. Mm. But, like, I don't know. The whole uh, something got spilled on me thing is kind of old. Mm, gotcha. So, like, even back then it was considered old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, next one Spider Man. Uh, everyone knows the Spider Man one. He got bit by a radioactive spider. Um. That's weird because it's not like a big accident, but mm-hmm. it's definitely like, okay, you got bit by a spider. Mm-hmm. So, mm, I don't think it's very special. I would count this one as lucky. Lucky? Really lucky. Like, I'm not, now, okay, I know the point of Spider-Man is like, he's a superhero and he has to go, he has to like balance his life, but he goes to all this bullshit and he like deals with this loss and everything. But it's just like... Yeah, but you lost one uncle and you gained all these powers. I mean... <laughs> I know, that's the sacrifice you had to make. <laughs> My uncle had to die for me to get these powers? All right. <laughs> I mean, you could say then that the same thing about Static, though. But he, gotta, he just he got, got exposed. He got lucky. Yeah. yeah but lucky. I don't know for sure because I don't know what the fuck happened to him because <laughs> of the fucking whack-ass description. <laughs> I mean, we can, <laughs> we can, go, we can go into it. <laughs> um yeah i didn't really care for daredevils uh getting splashed in the face mm-hmm, and spider-man mm-hmm. he got bit by a spider everyone gets bit by a spider i know right just just the right spider i know okay well since you okay i would say okay th- okay and i would say the one person who really benefits from this no i can't say that because i'm thinking of across the spider-verse because I, I was gonna say Miles morales but his 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 origin story is pretty tragic as well. Mm-hmm. So I can't really say that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Negative Man is from DC Comics. Now, I'm not really familiar with Negative Man other than uh, Doomsday Doomsday Patrol. I'm sorry, Doom Patrol. Um, so I'll just go ahead and read this, uh, what I found. Uh, military experiments have affected the lives of many heroes and are a source of the powers. Negative Man attained his powers through test flights in the United States Air Force before becoming part of the comic and now canceled deep. Motherfuck! <laughs> what a way to find out it was canceled. Wait, wait, no, no, I swore, I swore I already knew this. But when is the second half coming out? Maybe it doesn't come out. Did they already shoot it? No, I don't know. I think that... to wrap up the season four when it returns this year. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank the maker. Okay. Right, this is averted back to the fucking show. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just saw that my brain was like, 
they're not going to show the final half. Okay, sorry. Um, Negative Man flew into cosmics into the co- into a cosmic store, and the energy of the cosmic event caused Negative Man to transform and his fellow soldiers to, to think his body was radioactive. Uh, Negative Man's skin also transformed, which made him see through. But his appearance wasn't the only thing that changed. Negative Man harnessed the energy of Cosmic Storm uh, and became a powerful ally to Doom Patrol. With his ability to project energy, he absorbed Negative Man. Uh, he absorbed Negative, Negative Man could overpower his adversaries. I feel like they left something out. Like what? Wasn't the cosmic energy bene- uh, like um, sentient? In the show, it is. In the in the comics, I don't know. I'm not familiar with his comic persona. I feel like he was chosen. I know in the show it does that. Yeah. So it's not really an accident. Mm. That's what I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's bona fide. Okay. All right. Uh, Doctor Manhattan. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, August 1559, John Osterman, a physicist, forgot his... Oh, so he forgets his watch and, like, this kind of, like, uh, incinerate uh, field separator. Intrinsic. Yeah, intrinsic field se- uh, separator. What happens is that he walks in and the time lock, the door closes and it's time locked, right? And he can't get out. So the, the machine, like, activates and, like, vaporizes his entire body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... So then what happened is that, like, he has to form, his consciousness is still there, mm-hmm. but he has to, like, reform his entire body, mm-hmm. and he does, and he becomes Dr. Manhattan, and he's, like, a borderline, like, a god. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I that one's an accident? I don't want to say that's bona fide accident. Why? I think that's because he forgot his fucking watch. That's still an accident. That's being stupid. Yeah. Stupid people have accidents. I don't think that's... To me, that's not a bona fide. It's an accident, even though it's stupid. But look, there was uh Wait, 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 wait. He forgot his watch and didn't think, oh, the thing's going to close on me. He Maybe he thought it was, like, turned off. Guys. Listen. Okay. He's a man. That's the first thing. Second of all... <laughs> second that's his first mistake. Yes. <laughs> second of all... It makes me think of this meme that I see on the uh, science pages I follow on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And basically it says, you know, uh, this guy posted about, um, you know, the fact that he tried to get super glue off his hands by wiping it on a piece of cardboard. And he goes, yeah, I'm a scientist. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's that whole thing like. People make mistakes even when they're fucking scientists. Don't count. Don't count. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, in that case, so let's go into The Flash. <laughs> All right. So, Flash, during in front of like a, a chemistry set, because he's, like he's a forensic chemist. A chemistry set? You make him sound seven. I know, right? <laughs> um... So, yeah, he's working on his latest case. He has, like, all this chemicals in front of him. They're unspecified. The lightning bolt hits, and Barry is, like, drenched in the stuff. He's knocked out. He wakes up. He has super speed. Uh-huh. Okay. Bonafide accident? Yes. Why? Well, because if I'm thinking of that Barry Allen that I like... Mm-hmm. Um, Talking you- about the Ezra Miller one? No. Um, you don't know... You don't choose when lightning strikes you 
He could have closed the window. That wouldn't have stopped <laughs> lightning. Talking about men being idiots. My God. <laughs> I'll say bonafide accident because he, he just there just doing his work and uh, lightning bolt. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So Jessica Jones, uh, she gets her powers of toxic waste. Okay. She received them while she was fighting with her brother on a family trip due to the sibling during due to the sibling fighting. Uh, Jessica's father, who was driving next to a military truck, carrying toxic, carrying toxic waste, was distracted. He ended up crashing to the truck. Jessica woke up from the crash six months later. Yeah. Bonafide accident? I think so. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think her dad is being stupid. <laughs> what is what does it say? None of them are what, accidents then. What's it? What is this? What's that thing? Um, human error. There you go. This is human error. What are accidents? Humans being stupid. Well, then you just made my point. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just moving the goalposts. Uh huh. Very poorly. I don't really. I guess I can say bonafide accident. Did you think that with Daredevil? No, because hear me, hear me out. Because Matt Murdock tried to push this blind man out of the way. Who's probably st- uh fucking stick. Yeah, yeah. Stick is like, I knew you'd do this, boy. <laughs> He's like, I, I need a, a child uh, victim. I know. <laughs> this is the only way I can abduct little boys. By, <laughs> by pretending to be a blind man. Oh, no, no I'm sorry. Not pretending by being a blind man, pretending to be a blind man yeah. <laughs> that needs uh, help. A blind man who's always walking into danger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Cyborg. Uh, Victor Stone was a child of uh, not one but two scientists who at times made him feel like a lab subject. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, lab subject um, than their child. Uh, some experiments ended up with Victor gaining uh, high-level intelligence uh, or intellect, but Victor resented this in the high school. Okay, blah, 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 blah. One day, Victor visited the parents' uh, lab. He discovered that a being from another dimension had come through the portal. Come through a portal. This creature was con- had consumed Victor's mother and even to- even dissolved parts of Victor's before his father could shut off the machine. Uh, scared for his son's life and di- uh, scared for his sorry, scared that his son would die. Victor's father ended up uh, using the experimental cybernetic suit and constructed Victor, so he became cyborg. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't view that one as an accident. Yeah, I don't either. Because it was something coming after them, not like. Ooze, which yeah. everyone seems to get. Yeah, and then like this is like something like the parents were building, mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh, here's a portal, here's a device that's gonna build a portal to another dimension. Oh, like something's gonna go through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think that's bona fide. Swamp thing on the other hand, I do think. You do? Yeah. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, okay, so Alex Olson, uh, is 1900s. Olson was a scientist who was working on a bio. Uh, restorative restorative formula out of the swamp during this time his friend colleague damon ridge was interested in olsen's wife and jealous uh of him maybe not an accident uh acting on his envy ridge set up a bomb in olsen's lab olsen triggered the bomb was caught in an explosion and ran into the swamp to attempt to save himself from burning to death no yeah because that was more of like i'm gonna it was intentional. That was with intent from someone that he so knew. So you can say that about the Flash. Huh? You can say that about the Flash. How? Lightning bolt was intent. 
child is being difficult. I agree. It's not really, not really bona fide. Not really bona fide for Swamp. I'm sick of your shit. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. All right. All right. So let's look at the Hulk. Okay. That beefy man. You say he man? No, that beefy man. Fee man? The beefy man. Oh, beef. (sighs) I heard beef man. (laughs) I only said it four times. But I heard beef man. I said that beefy man. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. All right, all right, all right. So Bruce Banner was a nuclear physicist. Okay, study radiation. Um, the military later employed him, uh, and he created Gamma Bond and oversaw the testing of the same. But just before the testing was went off, you know, the bomb, uh, Banner realized that there was a teenager. He snuck on site. He rushed to save the teenager before the bomb was set to go off and managed to push the teen uh, to safety and even shield him. But in the process, you, you, we all know what happens to Hulk. Gamma Bomb goes off. He becomes the Hulk. So this is not another like alternate timeline of Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, um, this is almost like the Matt Murdock thing. Yeah, uh, but it's less comical. Or or <laughs> all right, I actually okay. So this has actually been retcon. Okay, okay. you want to hear why Banner became the, the Incredible Hulk? Why? So there's this comic book line called. I think it's, it's not called Original Sin. Oh my god. Uh, the Watcher dies. Here, actually, you talk for a second. I gotta find the. the I talk for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe I'll tell you my first uh, brush with the Hulk. What's that is when the first Hulk movie came out in the 2000s. All right, do you want to continue? Or do you no. Want to... Okay. So I was right. Original Sin. Okay. Okay, so in the Original Sin comic book, um, The Watcher, uh, he's this omnip- omnipotent being. Omnipotent. Yeah. Who, like, <clears throat> he watches He watches when certain things, certain, like, cosmic events are going to happen. Clad- uh, cataclysmic? Cataclysmic, like, these really crazy events, right? He'll, like, appear... <laughs> In the comics, if you saw, if you like, if the in the comic books, if a if a character sees the Watcher, they're like, oh shit, it's about to like really go down, right? Mm-hmm. So his character dies, right? These heroes like uh, like Thor, Iron Man, all these heroes, like they find out there's like a disturbance on his on his like palace that's like on the moon, I believe. Um, <clears throat> they find his body and his eyes are gone. His eyes have been scooped out. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to like find out who did this, right? But then they discover all these things that happen caused by something else, mm-hmm. right? Like a chain reaction. Yeah, like they, like um, like at one point, like Star Lord and Thanos were supposedly dead, but they were actually stuck in like some type of dimension, and then we explore what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Another one is how the Hulk was created, and the story goes, if I remember correctly, Tony Stark was working with Bruce Banner, okay. But, uh, Tony, like, Tony wanted to take over his, like, gamma radiation research, and Bruce was like, no. And this is the time where, like, uh, Stark was, like, full-blown alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So he was like, no, like, like, fuck you, you get away from me, right? Because he already knew that Stark wanted to weaponize it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no. Okay, so what does, what does Stark do? He goes to the, where they, they're going to, when they're going to explode the gamma bomb. Mm-hmm. Um... And he changes the setting where the explosion is greater than it should be. Oh. 
And when it goes off, that's how it's able to reach uh, Banner and turns him into the Hulk. That sounds stupid. I thought it was actually, one, I thought it was like, damn, Stark is a dick. But another thing was like, oh, that makes complete sense. Because if you think about it, the Gamma Bomb goes off, but like like Hulk survives or um, Banner survives. There's also like other back stories of why he could have survived, but like how he was like barely on the edge of it and survived it. Mm. Um, so I don't know. So There's a lot of plot holes with that one for me. Oh well, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. You like you have to read the comic book to like totally like absorb it and everything like that. Mm. So back to what I was saying, bona fide, bona fide accident. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I uh, think. Uh, I think that one is. You know, the best one and the last one. I think it's the best one and the last one. Mm-hmm. Okay. We save the best for last. Oh really? Mm-hmm. You don't want to do the other one. There's two more, and we've already spent a lot of time on it. All right, all right, you're right. Okay. Well, the last one we weren't going to do, because I was like, I don't want to talk about that guy. <laughs> and the other one is like, yeah, they're just being stupid, stupid people. Yeah, exactly. Let me just let me just ride this into the cosmic storm, and <laughs> everything's going to be okay. Right, Sue? I right, imagine Johnny? that person <laughs> right, wearing ben? a fucking Stetson hat, riding a fucking horse. <laughs> we'll ride into the cosmic storm. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> geriatric cinematic of Steve Barron's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Our family grows. The city itself will be our playground to use as we please. Rewarding ourselves and punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature. Together, we will punish these what the heck was that? Looked like sort of a big title. This film came out in 1990, and the synopsis is four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. Directed by Steve Barron, written by Todd Langan and Bobby Herbeck. It stars Judith Hogue, Elias Cotillas, Josh Pais, Brian Tochi, Corey Feldman, and Robbie Rist. The taglines are heroes in a half shell, (laughs) lean, green, and on the screen. Mm -hmm. They're mean, they're mean, green, and on the screen. (laughs) These ain't no cartoon. Oh, sorry. This ain't no cartoon. Okay. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. This ain't no cartoon. Here's another one. Lean, green, and on the screen. Everywhere. Okay. And here's another one. Hey, dude, this is no cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) If I was writing the tagline, I'd be like, hey, where's my motherfucking pizza? (laughs) Once again with the pizza. I love pizza. Kelsey. What? I've seen this movie so many times growing up. Did you? I think my mom still has the VHS copy of this movie. If it still works. I'm surprised to hear that. Did I watch this movie a lot? Mm-hmm. I mean... Because you didn't love it as much as I did. Mm. Do you know what I did love? Hmm. Watching your reaction to this whole movie. 
I think that's what I really loved. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie was like a, a, I'm not gonna lie. This movie was like an amazing, an amazing feat, like just to direct, like to come to life and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but as per usual, no one gives a shit about what I think. The most important thing is, what does Kelsey think about this movie? Love this movie. Boy, did I, you ever. I love this as much as I love Beetlejuice. Really? Yes. I. It's funny because this mm. one predates Beetlejuice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so that's why I forgot about it because pre- Beetlejuice was later for me. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I watched it a lot. Beetlejuice or Beetlejuice? Uh, like okay. my dad had it on VHS, and now he let you watch it. Yeah, it was like one of the only ones. It was that mm-hmm. Lion King or fucking Beauty and the Beast. That's all I had. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Shit. It's a wide variety of movies. Mm-hmm. Um. So I forgot that I loved this movie this much. You forgot? Oh, okay. Okay. Like I was like I don't think I'm gonna remember it. I'm I'm not gonna like it that much anymore. Mm-hmm. I literally have not seen this since before I was ten. Like I'm, I think the last time I saw the movie I was like seven maybe. And you were all about this movie. Yes. Like, while watching it, like you got to the point where you essentially turned into me whenever I whenever <laughs> we watched one of my favorite movies. <laughs> and that's why I looked at you. I was like, that's how it feels, huh? All right. No, I first. Because you had subtitles on. I was reading them and like, kind of like being the character a little bit. And you're like, are you going to do that the whole movie? Yeah. But but see, you were doing like, what's it called? You were like doing the afflections and everything. You were like really into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you were like, then you were like, this is how you feel when I do it. (laughs) I'm like, do you hate it? You're like. No, <laughs> like you kind of weren't sure about it. Well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, because you hated it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was adorable. Mm. All right. So, <laughs> what did what did you like about this? Or love? Or you know, what what, what was what was uh what did you like about this movie? I liked the turtles a lot. Like okay, they're so stupid. <laughs> they're stupid and like. But, like, in the, the big lovable lug kind of way. Mm, okay. Um, I remember when I was a kid, they really seemed a lot older than me. Mm. So I thought they were, like, adults. And, I like, if I was a kid and I was around them, like, they would protect me. Oh, okay. Like, I felt protected even just watching the fucking movie. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and now, when, mm. I, when I'm watching it, I'm like... I still feel protected. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're really good at their fucking kung fu, even with the fucking shells. Mm-hmm. They're big shells. Like, they're still able to fight and all that. Yeah. Um. And uh, Splinter was awesome. I, um, out of, like, all the iterations of Splinter, this has been my favorite one. Really? Because he comes off, like... He really comes off as, like, wise and then, like, capable and stuff like that. Even though he gets, like, kidnapped mm-hmm. at one point. But, like, I, and I think I think the reason why I like why I like this Shredder the most is... When oh, he, you mean Splinter? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Why I like this Splinter the most out of, like, the other ones I've seen mm-hmm. is because um, there's that scene where 
the shredder has like fucked up all the turtles like they're just like shit we can't like take them on mm-hmm. and so like splinter shows up right and splinter's just like what's up dog you remember me it's your home it's your boy it's your boy splinter <laughs> right and and shredder like loses cool tries to like like bum rush him with a spear mm-hmm. and splinter just like grabs a grabs a nunchuck and just like flips him like whoop like that's it right and i'm like that's a badass fucking move yeah i, I imagine i'd imagine it's limited because they had like animatronics for for the character mm-hmm. but still it was just like flip that's it <laughs> i'm that good um also the way they portrayed him like he was so wise and then he gets kidnapped and you're like no mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> just like that no <laughs> but when he's like chained up to like that chain link fence or whatever mm-hmm. And he's like, every scene you see him in it after that, he's like crying. He has like those teary eyes. Mm. It kind of looks more like they rub Vaseline in his eyes, but still like made you kind of sad because you're like, he's so sad. I, okay, so yeah, I'll agree with you to a point that like he was sad, but he was also like doing his like Jedi mind tricks and shit like that, like with the boy. Uh, the the redhead kid. Mm-hmm. He was just like he was pretty much like, hey man, like why are you here? What's going on with your dad? Like he like talked him out from me like his evil ways. Mm-hmm. And then I think I think there's a scene where like Shredder tries to talk to him. If unless maybe it's that other guy that Tok- Tokusag kind of guy. Um, but yeah, like they try to like the bad guys try to talk to him like, oh your turtle your turtle sons are gonna be ass whooped. They're gonna be molly whopped all over the place. And Splinter's just like, nah, dog. Like, you're whack as shit because you're evil. <laughs> and I don't, I didn't really get any of that. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of just got like, oh, he's like talking to these people, but I don't think he's playing the Jedi mind tricks. I think he's just like, you know, I'm just me being me. Like, it's I got to tell people what I think. Yeah. Jedi even mind, if I'm dying. Jedi mind tricks. Mm. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, what I have Jedi mind tricks. I know you're doing it to me right now. <laughs> Kelly just did a wide eye look and stuck out her tongue like, okay, I guess. Um, one of the things that I always find fascinating about this movie is the costumes. Um, so the so the the custom the costumes put together was by Jim Henson's company, and Jim Henson sold the like he did this three to four months before he died mm-hmm. um but the fact that like they built these costumes one they they have to make them they have to make it strong enough to take the stunt work in mm-hmm. right like the flips and kicks and spins and everything another thing is like the people wearing these costumes they have to be physical they actually have to like do the flips and kicks and all that kind of stuff and make it look fluid as fuck mm-hmm. and another thing is like they were able to like move the mouse to like to coincide with the I mean they can the do dialogue. Voice. Yeah, but they can do like voice work and stuff like that. But like like the whole movement of the eyes and mouth and stuff like that, it made it like come alive. It did. Like also I kept watching it and wondering where are the actors seeing from? Like oh, everything yeah, looks so eyes? solid, like yeah. I know they can't see out those eyes. Maybe they're like they were maybe they're like like pin a mask, holes? but like, what was that? Like pinholes? Either that or like maybe they were glass like thin enough that they could still see like through the eyes. Not like super clear, but at least. Something? No, yeah, no, it's like things were there and like movements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, just that alone is just like, oh, and like, and th- this is 1990. Like, you, like, you get fucking X-Men Apocalypse with Oscar Isaac as, like, Apocalypse, and it looks like trash, right? Yeah, because everyone went the easy route. Yeah, this was like, and this is supposed to, I think this was like an, an independent film. Um, and like, it, it, this is like I said, 1990, this could have looked bad, mm-hmm. could look shitty. It doesn't look bad. I think that's one of the reasons why the movie holds up so well, like today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like, other than like the cartoon, the comics and the, the toy figures and stuff like that of like, oh, we can make money off of this, uh, off of these turtles. Mm-hmm. It had to be the first movie to be like, okay, we can actually do something with this. Like at no point, I mean, I, I've I've never heard anybody say, "Oh, the 1990 movie looks like shit." I thought you seemed like you were on the fence about it. Not the not the turtles and uh, stuff, but um, oh, like the movie. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I that's the thing. Like, I have to. Some of it's kind of cringeworthy, but that's because like they go into the cartoon element of it like the cowabunga and you know you said that they say that a lot and they only said it one time it feels like a lot (laughs) that's because they say other shit i think they say radical more yeah and i and maybe maybe me it's just that dialogue that 90s dialogue of like radical cowabunga awesome like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. it's just like cringe for me now but look back then i was a kid i was all about this fucking movie Mm -hmm. i would say cowabunga all the fucking time I did. Fucking dork. I could not get behind Radical, though. I could get behind Radical. I would say Tubular, too. Mm-mm. No, I would say <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what else? Favorite turtle. Let's just say just from this movie. I don't want to say... Just from this movie? Mm-hmm. Um... <sighs> It's not Leonardo. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a snitch. And, you know, I do think I liked Raphael the most. He was kind of a hothead, but I feel like he kind of figured his shit out and stopped being such an idiot. You know what? <clears throat> now that you say that, because uh, I thought about this when we first watched it. Um, okay, now I know this is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they're four turtles, but... Who do you think? Which turtle do you think is the most is more focused on, as in story wise? Oh, like which? Like, uh, let me rephrase that. Which one do you think has the strongest arc? The strongest arc? Yeah. Okay, well, it's not whichever one the orange one is. Michelangelo. Yeah, it's not him. Okay. Um, I think Leonardo has the biggest arc. Okay. But it's like, to me, it's kind of annoying because it's like, yeah, you give him the attention. Mm-hmm. He's like the lead turtle. Mm-hmm. I think he does. I think Raphael's like, oh, people want to focus on him, but he mm-hmm. doesn't. It's kind of a hard one, isn't it? It is hard. Yeah, I know, right? Because right? one of them's kind of an asshole mm-hmm. who's like trying to learn how to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And the other one's just kind of like passionate about stuff and Mm. needs to learn how to do things calmer and think things through yeah because you because in this one you get like because leonardo's the leader but like he like doubts himself especially like um at the point where like where Raphael gets his ass kicked Mm -hmm. 
and he feels that he failed him as a brother. Mm-hmm. There's even that scene where Leonardo is watching over Raphael as he's healing up. So you you get an arc there if you know if he thinks he's a worthy leader and should he, you know, should the other turtles look up to him? Does he is he listening to Master Splinter's advice very well or kind of or should he forge his own path? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Raphael, <clears throat> yeah, you get a hothead, but he's the type of person who has to ha- he ha- he's the type of person who has to know that this is a team. This isn't. Raphael, mm-hmm. Raphael Stern, it's just the team and everything, and that maybe his actions, his hot-headed actions, can cause serious consequences and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think Raphael feels that, um, especially when uh, Splinter gets taken, and there's that scene where like Raphael like, screams, is like pissed off and shit like mm-hmm. that. I think that's like one of those things where the character recognizes his shortcomings, and that like his anger is not going to always be the answer to everything. Yeah. I agree with that. But the other two are just kind of there for the ride. They're kind of there. Michelangelo's the comedy relief. Uh, Donatello is like the second comedy relief. (laughs) So you get the one hothead and the other hothead. And then, you know, the one comedy relief and the other comedy relief. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you get three hotheads. You get Raphael. Leonardo is kind of a hothead, but not not much as Raphael. Mm -hmm. And you get Casey Jones. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, then you get two hum- two humans, mm-hmm. and both of them have disdain for each other. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. Who cares about April O'Neil or Casey Jones? <laughs> Actually, what's, what's your opinion on uh, Judith Hogg? 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 Hogg. Yeah, Judith Hogg is April O'Neil. Classic. Classic? Classic. How so? Because this film came out in 1990, and mm-hmm. that's all I remember. Oh, it's her? Yeah. Like, no. She's the only April I've known up until. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And I feel like she's classic. Like, uh, did like, you ever watch the cartoon? The Saturday morning cartoon? Not really. Okay. Um, I feel like she does a really good job in this film. I don't know what it is. It's like she... like It's kind of stupid how she like just somehow randomly accepts these turtles. Mm-hmm. And just lets them sleep in her apartment. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, All that salmonella uh, possibility. Well, not that, but <laughs> like you have a sleepover. Like what mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah. Um, but she, to me, she kind of fits in. Like she becomes one of the group, and she really cares about them, and they care about her. Yeah. Um, they know they can't bone her, and you, you know, like they thought they could, but then they're mm-hmm. like, now nah, we can't. Because Casey Jones exists. Did you? Were you? Uh, and now I like you said you didn't really watch the cartoon. I mean, you did watch uh, the most recent Team in Team movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you, do you remember much of that Michael Bay one? The Michael Day Bay produced mm-hmm. movie. Okay, all right. So let's just go off of this, the nineteen ninety uh, Team in movie. Okay. There's always been this. There's always been this thing about Leonardo having a crush on April O'Neil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you get that sense in this one? In this one, yeah. Okay, I kind of felt it was like I thought. I thought it was more Raphael this time. No, um, Leonardo. Like they both. Like they all really liked her. Mm. Raphael really liked her a lot too. But Leonardo, I thought he kissed the TV screen. That's what I'm remembering. I thought that was Raphael. I thought it was Leo. I'm not going to look up. <laughs> no, because there's more gonna, dead air. I'm just going to Google it. 
which one kissed the TV in TMNT 1990? Okay, well... It's like they all all three step back, too. Oh, okay. And we're like, yeah, you like... like We know you like her. Gotcha. Um, so do you think that interferes with the... Not, in your mind, it interferes with the relationship between April O'Neil and Casey Jones? No. It was like as soon as Casey Jones came on the scene, uh-huh. the turtles knew their place. <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like... Yeah, if, she didn't know it yet, mm-hmm. and he didn't know it yet, but the turtles knew. I feel like that was... Like, they just had it, like, that was like an afterthought. Well, I think it was kind of, too. Because mm-hmm. they're like, well, we can't have a movie about bestiality. <laughs> so, I mean, we got to put another human in there. Wait, 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 We can. It just can't be a kid's movie. <laughs> it would be another trauma movie with a fucked up ending that's really sweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the little turtle human babies. <laughs> uh, all right. Before before we end it, uh, last question. Hmm. Uh, what's your opinion? Well, we haven't even talked about this. Your opinion on the action? Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Like all of the kung fu in those really hard suits that probably look like they weigh a lot or uh, they're really hot. Yeah. Um, and they can like flip and kick and do all this shit. Like if they weren't even wearing those costumes. Uh, any particular action set piece or? kung fu scene that you liked um <laughs> the thing that came to mind mm-hmm. when uh rafael i forget what they're called but his little uh, oh the sight like yeah mm. threw it at the light bulb <laughs> hold up out of everything that's the one Am I, am I to assume, assume this? Yeah. Out of everything, out of all the kicks and punches and choreography and like, there's that scene where they fight in the in the antique store when like they fight Shredder, like Raphael fights all those ninjas and everything. The him essentially throwing a stick at a light bulb. That's the one for you. Yeah. <laughs> I have a good reason. Why? Cause, <laughs> because that's what I remember from when I was a kid. Oh my God. And when I see it, it gets seared into my mind. Uh, like the pizza guy waiting over that fucking grate. Who's that, like, is, that is actually pretty funny. Like yeah. that's, the, that's the shit that I'm like, I remember that. And I loved that. I don't uh-huh. know. I don't know why I loved it as a kid because mm. I didn't understand it. Mm. <laughs> but it was like. So it's like, yeah, the thing at the light bulb. I'm not gonna. In no way am I giving you shit for that. I'm just like, wow, like out of everything, that's the one. I got. I will admit. I will admit. It is shot pretty. It is shot pretty cool. Yeah. Where like, it's like, I, and I think because like what proceeds after that is like them, uh, the turtle essentially like beating the bad guys. Yeah, exactly. And I like, think that's what it is. It's like the anticipation. Like mm-hmm. it's about to go down because. <laughs> Because he threw a stick at a light bulb. (laughs) Because they can't see shit now. (laughs) Like, boom. Stick at a light bulb. We're going to (laughs) die. 
I'd be the same way, just walking down the street. Hey, is that sick? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Don't throw a stick at a light bulb. Shit about to go down. <laughs> That's what you should be for Halloween. A stick and a light bulb? <laughs> yeah. Here, this is what I'll be. This is what I'll be. I'll be the stick. I'll be the stick and the light bulb, right? And you can be Raphael in a trench coat. Yeah. And we'll just be like, ah. Now we are cosplay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So do you think this movie, I, I feel like I know the answer to this. Do you think this movie still holds up? Yes. Yes. Okay. Went through all the reasons how, why. How ridiculous. You, I think you undersold it. How ridiculous was I watching this movie with you? It's something I should have recorded. <laughs> but I feel like all you did was mention about the uh, the dialogue. Not about, like, what I was doing or anything. I don't really remember a whole lot because we were <laughs> drinking that night. <laughs> mm. Actually, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show you later. But when I... Th- and this is related... When I, um, when I dropped off Leia at her mother's today, um, the next door neighbor has a, a Nissan Cube, mm-hmm. um, but it's no, I'm sorry, it's a Scion. It's a, a it's Scion, a, yeah, yeah, a Scion, and it's all the colors of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like oh yeah, part red, part orange, part purple, and like I got, <laughs> I got to see the people who drive the car. I was like, yeah, they look like that. <laughs> nice of you <laughs> and i'm like no 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 hold up hold up there's more leia said hey dad can we just hang out in the car a little bit i was like why and she goes my neighbors are outside i'm like those those neighbors she goes yeah i'm like well, what's wrong with them she goes they're weird <clears throat> this is wait here and i started joking with her like oh they're inside no wait they come back <laughs> <laughs> um all right so yeah i i think this movie still holds up i mean some of the dialogue is really dated and stuff like that but but charming it's yeah but charming but like the costumes alone the cost i mean even like shredder shredder looks fucking badass i was terrified of him when i was a kid okay i'm i was hoping you were a kid not now (laughs) i mean he's intimidating now still Mm -hmm. but i'm not terrified of him yeah but it was that whole like you know, exposing the blades on the shoulders. That thing. was a badass introduction. I'm like, fuck, he's gonna kill somebody. <laughs> he's gonna kill them teenagers. He's gonna kill me. <laughs> he's gonna kill pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you with the wait, was there enough pizza in this movie for you? Yes. Okay. Especially, you know, Domino's. Brought to you by Domino's. I know it's product placement right there. Yeah, there was no Pizza Hut. I think we all know who won the Pizza Wars. I think there was pizza at that time. Pizza Hut and Domino's came up at the same time. Oh, yeah. It's that, that thing you showed and, me, the yeah. food that created America the or something. The food that built America. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, they came up at the same time. Cool. Uh, anything else? <laughs> You're like, I don't care. No, no, no. Cause we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> cool. Shut up. We're going to end no, the thing now. No, no. Yeah, yeah. That part, yes. <laughs> uh, anything else? No. All right, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. We would like to thank everybody, but say anybody, everybody for joining <laughs> us on this week's show. Um, we would like to especially thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, check out yourentertainmentcorner.com. 
Uh, drop us a line at thrillapill at gmail.com. Uh, oh, we had a lovely woman speak to us. Uh, drop us a line on our Instagram page. Uh, her name escapes me right now, but she was like the costume designer for Clueless. It was Mona something. Yeah, she's a really nice lady. She gave us a big compliment on our our recent review of uh, Barbie. Um, do you find her name? I'm looking. Oh, and uh, so yeah, <clears throat> so yeah, you can find us. Uh, you can find our podcast on wherever podcasts can be found. Um, don't be afraid to give us a review on those whatever podcast uh, app you use. Her name uh, was Mona May. Mona May, that's her name. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, five star review takes like two seconds, three seconds, five seconds, whatever. That's it. We're good to go. Appreciate that. Uh, so for next week, we are going to we were going to take a week off, but <laughs> we're not going to. And there's a specific reason. I think this is the best terpic you ever had. <laughs> So, we're going to be reviewing The Last Voyage of the Dementor. D-E-M-E-T-E-R? Demeter. Huh? Yeah, the Demeter? Demeter. Cause the I said Demeter? De- yeah, because I said Demeter. Uh, Sounds the last, cooler. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. <laughs> like, it didn't matter. But it, it sounds stupid. But it, Demeter. Let me make sure I typed in the right name. <laughs> Dementor sounds better. That's what I'm thinking. Nope, it's Demeter. Yeah, it's Demeter. Okay. All right, anyway, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. <laughs> it's in theaters. It sounds like it belongs in Mare of East Town. <laughs> the Demeter. Demeter. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, our, our that's going to be our recent review. It's going to be out in theaters fri- uh, Friday, August 18th. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I got that wrong. What? I don't think it's August 18th. Uh, let me get... Like, bleh. Bleh. <laughs> don't me, you mean... Bleh. 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 <laughs> let, me, let, me get, let me get the date right. Okay. Well, while you do that, I will talk some more about TMNT. Okay. I found it. Okay. Because I, 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 didn't, I didn't change... I didn't change it from... Last time? Last time. All right. So it's August 11th is when last voyage of the Demeter... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be in theaters August 11th on a Friday. <clears throat> and our geriatric cinematic. Oh, I can't wait to show Kelsey this movie. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. 1992. Mm-hmm. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Star studded cast. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman. Winona Ryder. Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves doing a British accent. <laughs> Fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The topic for that week will be, Bleh, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>